Hello, welcome to the Kansas City Business Cast. This is Michael Reisinger. Very excited about today's guest. Her name is Taylor Nosakera. She is a mom, a doula, a coach, a group coach, and a podcaster, and so many more things that she'll tell you all about today. Without further ado, Taylor, welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, yeah. All the things. Um, I... Fun fact, I'm also a catering chef on the side. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> and I've taught yoga. Whoa. So I've I've dabbled in all the things, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, yeah, my story is kind of interesting. I went to college to be a chef. I knew in high school, I was like, I'm either going to be an actress or chef. I can't have a nine to five. Like, that's just not for me. I don't know. I don't feel smart enough to be like a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. So I was like, I'm going to go to one of these two like artsy type of trades. And then I chose culinary because it felt more stable, went through school, um, started working for this catering company. And um, ultimately, as I was kind of working my way up, realized that the only way for me to like make more money and see more success was for me to actually just like work more hours and be more stressed in that particular industry. Mm. And all the while I was getting into wellness and going to yoga classes and was like, why don't I just learn to teach this? And then it kind of morphed over into that direction and turned into this wellness journey that then turned into this. I had always kind of had the desire to have my own business. I always thought it would be culinary related, Um, and then once I started teaching yoga, I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to make a yoga business. And then as I had my first son and there's a little bit more backstory to the doula part, but then I migrated over into just like, I, I need to serve moms. I need to be in the pregnancy space in the, just, there's such a gap in education where, women are not being given the information that they need to really leave their experience feeling like they were in charge of their story. Like they were in the driver's seat. That's the analogy that I use. So yeah, now I'm a birth doula and a prenatal coach and like a mom coach and it's what I'm meant to be doing in the world. <laughs> well, I, I I really appreciate you kind of telling a little bit about your beginnings. Um, my observations so far, and, and I usually tell people on the podcast, if I've worked with the person before, or if I know them from a past life, I literally just met you. So, <laughs> um, you know, you were one of the first people who was like, when I launched KCBC, you were like, Oh, I'd love to be on that. And you knew Stephanie, because you know, you interviewed Stephanie and your podcast is called driver seat moms, right? Yeah. So of course, I'm going to drop all the links in the show notes. So everybody can get into it. And then when we launch this thing, you and I are going to have a a sharing war uh, Mm -hmm, of the episode, mm -hmm. we're going to get everybody to come in. But um, what I've what I've just just to validate what you're saying, you said, you know, I feel like this is what I should be doing. Um, when I see your content on Instagram and see what you're doing on podcasting and the stories you share and how I mean, you literally there's there's points I can tell you get inspired. Tell me if I'm wrong, but you get inspired. and You're like, I'm going to make a story right now. And I'm going to tell <laughs> I'm going to tell my people about this. And 100 percent. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that I get about you is you don't have to convince me that you're authentic, mm. you know? And so where, where does that come from? You know, have you, have you always just been like 
real about stuff in life or like how did you decide like I'm going to I'm going to do this and and I'm going to I'm going to help moms. Wow. I don't know if I've ever really thought about like why I think there was a lot of trial and error along the way. Um when I got into the online space it was well let's see I started my business in like late 2017 I was currently pregnant and at the time like I said it was more like yoga and I was helping couples because I knew the wedding industry from the chef world and um it was still the era of like very curated feeds curated content everything was aesthetically pleasing that's kind of the world I jumped into so that's what I was learning and I was showing up that way. I don't even think stories were a thing yet. Like it was just posts on Instagram and I started into Instagram first. You got me going back too. I don't <laughs> think like, it was either. I don't think it was. Yeah. And when it when stories first came out, I was like, nope, not doing that. <laughs> I did not want anything to do with it. I was late to the reels train as well. Like I just like, I don't want to do the trendy things I'm always like no but what's wrong with what I'm doing um and when I started showing up on stories I happened to also be like a new mom in the thick of like postpartum and at home with my son while trying to build a business so it was kind of one of those things where it was like if I'm going to show up at all which I had the resistance around I was like I I'm kind of just going to have to show up as is because I'm not if I wait to put on a face and do my hair to show up, I literally wouldn't show up. So I was like, I'm just going to lean into this real. uh, This is what you get. Like my my company's name, my business name is With You Wellness. And the reason that's the name is because it was this come along I'm coming along with you. I'm in this with you. Like, I love that. I'm not a hundred steps ahead of you. I'm just maybe two or three. And we're in the thick of it together. Like I'm a new mom too. I'm figuring it out too. Um, And so it was kind of one of those things where I was like, if I don't show up with no makeup and messy hair, like I'm literally not going to show up at all. And that I think just kind of spiraled into me being able to show up more and more authentically. But there have been many, many moments where I'm like, ooh, I don't think I can say that. I don't know if I should say that. Or I do say something because I'm just like, whatever, screw it. And I do get comments or I do get judged. And sometimes it's by my family members. You know, it's like it's the the, the strangers on the Internet. I could care less about. Right. <laughs> but it's when the people close to you that, you know, are watching your stuff because they're supporting you and your stuff like automatically goes to Facebook and they're on Facebook and you totally forgot it was going to Facebook and you're like, oh crap. Like they have opinions about it. And I've just, it's, it's a muscle that you have to flex. It's a muscle that you have to put the work in. And the only way I think to get kind of quote unquote good at it or just giving less Fs kind of is like just (laughs) to keep doing it. Like you just have to keep doing it. Um, Because I talk to a lot of people that are like, oh, I can't show up like that. And I'm like, you just got to do it once and then twice and then three Mm. times. Like you just have to start because it's that 
oomph, like that start, that's the hardest, <laughs> really, really. You know, um, I went through that type of period before I launched this podcast. And, you know, I was like, you know, I everything you said about being resistant to stories, reels, I recoiled to social media. <laughs> like it was a throw up in my mouth a little bit when I thought about putting my face on there and talking and all that. Um, and I just, I came to the same sort of realization of like, you know, progress over perfection. It's never going to be the best or good enough in the eyes of some folks. Right. And so, um, I just appreciate you sharing that. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go into this. Um, when you talk about the comments that you've received, um, you, you know, I, my observation is you're getting way more praise than you are criticism, but oh yeah, oh, what, yeah. what do you think the reward has been for you in, and in, in your, your community of, of moms that need your help by being authentic? It's the messages that are the opposite. It's the, oh my God, I needed to hear that today. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that my kids aren't the only ones that being little shits today. Like I'm so, <laughs> you know, like, I I literally, it's funny you ask this now because literally last night, my grandma texts me. So I get on there, I'm sharing just some current state of my own personal pregnancy and I say something like... Which we didn't like, tell people, you're, you're pregnant <laughs> right now, right? I am pregnant with my second set of twins, which is second really wild. Second set of twins. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'm sharing. still yeah. in denial a little bit about it, <laughs> but I was sharing something and I said, you're not alone. And... I get a text from my grandma who watches my stories <laughs> and she's like, I wish that I would have had someone like you when I was having babies telling me I wasn't alone, you know, and it's like social media can have so many negative things. But then there is that just like you can see other people going through what you're going through. And if we only show up when we're perfect and polished and things are good then nobody gets to feel like they're not in it alone. Like, and I'm not saying come on and be a negative Nancy either. Like, don't just come on and like share negative things all the time. And we do want to bring that positive light to social media. But I feel like there's a way to do both. And I feel like you can show the realness because, I mean, even what I did in my story yesterday, I was like, here's the real. This is the crappy part. And here's what I'm doing to not focus on the crappy part. Like, here's also the tip. Here's also the suggestion. Here's how I'm not allowing myself to sit in it. But I am going to probably, like, go cry in my shower later and just, like, feel <laughs> it. Like, let yourself feel it so that you can get out of it. Because um, we don't want to sit in those negative feelings, but we do need to feel them. And so, yeah, it's those messages. Um, the moms that you know, have had past birth experiences. I talk a lot to second time moms um, and I'm actually narrowing in my niche of my program to be specifically for second time moms who have had a very difficult first experience. Um, and I do, I get so many messages that are just like their stories. And sometimes I'm probably the only person that's actually listened to them and validated them like the first time that they've ever got to tell their story to somebody who didn't dismiss it and say oh well your baby's healthy this is your just part of it this is just yeah this i know is, that's you something know. my wife's heard before oh yeah i mean day. talking yeah. to stephanie it's like i know she's heard all of that kind of stuff and that's what perpetuates a lot of the 
the mental health struggles that moms face, you know, and that's one of the things we talked about on the podcast. It's just, but hearing those stories and hearing the, I just really need to hear that today. I mean, that's what keeps me showing up. And sometimes I don't hear those messages for weeks and weeks and then I'll get one and it like, it lasts, you know, like it's like it fills you up and it just like carries you through. Right. So um, the focus here, you said you're thinking about that. You're noodling on, you know, second time moms. Um, Do you think it it takes going through an experience to understand the value of having a coach or a doula? Is it is it harder to convince maybe first time moms like, hey, here's what you're walking into. Here's what you might hear. Here's what you you need to ask the questions you need to ask. I know because you're you're all about coaching people through it, right? Like you're there with them. Um, but just curious about the, the second time moms piece there. Yes, I would say the focus is different for first time moms. Um, and the desire to prioritize the emotional support, the desire to prioritize understanding certain information, um, sometimes first time moms just don't realize they need it. And I hate that. Like I, I've even made posts about it. I hate that women are forced to go through this traumatic experience in order to know that the next time they want it to be different, it pisses me off. I want to get in front of it. I want to, I want to speak in a way in my content that I'm speaking to the second time mom, but in a way that the first time mom is like, mm. well, I don't want to be, I don't want to go through that first. Right. Um, because I do, I, I would say my clientele is actually 50, 50, like first time moms versus second time moms, but it's the second time moms that just have this, like, this has to be different mentality. Right. Um, And I do get a few first-time moms that are just, like, very open to the unfortunate truths that are our maternal health care system. And so they already know going in, like, I can't do things just by the book or I can't just blindly trust my provider. Like, I actually really do need to know things. And those are the first-time moms that I want to work with. Um, So, yes, I think it's definitely – there's far less quote unquote convincing a second time mom valuable. And I I wish that wasn't the case. It's, you right. know, it sucks. Cause I don't, I don't want women to ever have to go through something horrible or even just slightly unpleasant, slightly unfortunate. Like your birth should be amazing. Like it shouldn't even be like, well, you know, it was, I got through it. <laughs> Like, even if you're not using the word trauma to describe your experience, like just saying, well, I kind of wish things were a little different. I wish I, I hear a lot. I wish I would have known. I wish someone would have told me. Right. I wish I would have known that was even an option. I didn't even know to ask. I, I didn't even know that was something I could ask for. Wait, you can ask for a new nurse. Wait, you can switch provider. Like what? Like people don't know this stuff. And I want to be able to convey that information to the brand new, you know, not even thinking about becoming pregnant woman, but like her mind's not even there yet. Right. So we have to meet people where they are too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So, you know, you decided at one point, I want to do this. I want to be a, a professional doula, a coach. I want, and then, you know, these other things have kind of spawned out too from like your desire to be authentic for people to know you so that they can get in touch with you. Um, for anybody out there listening who might be feeling like they're on this track, I actually, it's funny. I, I have a friend whose daughter has been considering this type of path and, Obviously, it's not it's not the traditional path, right? right. And, and maybe maybe you could say, you know, you could explain like briefly what a doula is for those who don't know and the value in it. But you know, how was your journey to to making this your business? You know, and we'll maybe we'll get into the operational stuff that you got to deal with and how you manage that. But you know, to to make it like this is going to be my career now. This is my my path. Yeah, I actually pushed it away for a long time. Um, so my mom was a doula for a little while when I was growing up, but she, my sisters are quite a bit younger than me. So she had young kids and it was hard for her to be on call. She ended up becoming a nurse and now she's a lactation consultant. Um, so I utilize her a lot for my clients and she also taught childbirth education. So I had this like little bit of knowledge just as a kid, teenager, young adult before I got pregnant. So when I got pregnant, I already kind of knew like there's a lot of information that I need to learn. Um, I wasn't one of those people that was like, I don't know what I don't know, but I kind of knew what I didn't know. So I started learning what I didn't know. (laughs) It was like one step ahead. (laughs) I still didn't know anything, but I started learning what I didn't know. And um, but even in that moment when I was like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to step into this world. I'm going to teach yoga. Like the birth work side never felt like the thing I was supposed to do because I was going to have to be on call. I I was going to have a young family. Like who am I? I don't know anything. I haven't had a baby yet. This is, oh, that means more school. I just finished school. I just took yoga training. I can't invest more money in another training. I can't spend more time educating myself. Like I just need to use what I've got. And also this idea of like the only way to make money in this world is to be on call all the time. I just couldn't get that out of my head. Like the exchange of time for money. Hours work. And birth is unpredictable and you just have to be on call and be at everybody's beck and call. And, and so even after I had my son, I I, I had this like desire to share content around birth. So I started sharing content on my platform. I started sharing education on my platform. Which at the, at the time, was it the yoga platform? Or? Yeah. Okay. And I was just kind of like, Interesting. here's some, here's some mom stuff too. You're like kind of here's introducing some, it into the mix. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, it's this wellness brand. There's yoga, there's mom, there's some birth stuff. <laughs> um, and I, really like, again, I was like, but this isn't something I can do as a career. Like I, it just, I have a young family. I can't be on call. And so I actually put an offering on my website at the time that was prenatal coaching, which is so ironic. That's like what I do now, but I put it up there. I don't even know what I charge for. Probably like nothing. And of course nobody bought it because it was just sitting on my website on a web page that like nobody knew about. And I like talked about it to my five followers or whatever. <laughs> and so it never went anywhere. And then in the summer of 2019, I 
just like it was building. It was building. I was a new mom. I was feeling all these things I was wanting to share. And so my mom and I decided we were going to put on this like workshop for moms to feel confident in their birth or something like that. And we had pulled in some other experts in the area and we were going to have them as speakers. And we made a couple flyers and talked about it on our socials. And it was going to be amazing. We had the the facility and everything. And again, no one signed up. And it was like, dang, okay. So again, we're, we're good at our trade. We love what we're talking about, but like, we don't know anything about business. We don't know, like, we don't know how to market. Like, we don't know, like, okay, we can't just put a couple of flyers up in coffee shops and expect like 20 people to sign up or even five. Um, it just didn't work out. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I think part of the problem is I don't have, I'm not coming at this from the full confidence because I, I haven't gone through doula training. Like all I have under my belt is the fact that I'm a mom. I did a lot of research myself. I advocated like hell for my own birth. And I, I have a lot of knowledge that other people don't have, but like I've never been in anybody else's birth. I've never, I don't know enough is kind of what I felt. And it was affecting, I think, how I was showing up and maybe how, who I was networked with, who who knew my name, who knew me as an expert in that area. And then in 20 or in the October of 2019, um, a workshop came to Kansas City that circles around the country. It's called Spinning Babies. And at the time, it wasn't very common and the trainings were kind of expensive. I don't know what they are now, but... It was an in-person training and I was able to get a free ticket because of the work that my mom did through lactation and she had access to this thing and she was like, you should go. And it was October of 2019 and I was like, okay, I'll go. I was the only non-birth worker in the room. Like everyone else was either a doctor, a midwife, a chiropractor, a, a doula. I was the only one there and I was just like, holy crap, these this is where I'm meant to be. Like, these are the women I'm meant to serve. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be talking about every day. And I signed up for a doula training the very next February, because that was the Mm. next one that was available. February of 2020. 2020. And so I, uh, you know. Every guest so far has had a a 2020 story, by the way. So Started an in-person business. At the beginning of a pandemic when literally they shut doulas out like we were not allowed in and I was starting an in-person business and more experienced doulas at the time were able to pivot online or virtual Mm. or FaceTime. And I was like, I don't even think I can do that because I don't I've never even been in a live birth outside my own. Like, how can I offer virtual service? And so at the time I had like a beta client who I didn't get to go to her birth and she didn't want to do virtual. And I totally respected that. And that was a bummer because we had done prenatals and we had worked together. Um, and I just felt bad for her. I was like, she's going into this like world of having a baby during COVID and nobody knew anything. Her baby was due in May that year. And I was just like, Oh, that sounds gut wrenching. Yeah. I just felt so bad leaving her like just by herself. And Then I ended up getting three clients at the end of that year. So I had a November mom uh, or an October, a November and a December 
two were in hospitals and one was in a birth center and I was allowed into all three so by winter of 2020 I was allowed in in Kansas City I know some other states and cities like they still weren't allowing doulas um and even one of the births I wasn't allowed it was an induction and she I wasn't allowed in until she was like an active labor so there was still some weird rules going on um but even in that moment so oh so backtrack at that time I was pregnant with my first set of twins so I found out I was pregnant in the summer of 2020 and I was pregnant for those three births so then I started my business COVID had three clients and then in February had twins and so I immediately was like pulled back again I was like I can't I can't be in person right now I did not take a single client in 2021 I leaned heavily into a network marketing business that I was working at the time and I still love the company and I still rep for them, but I don't promote it. And I leaned heavily into that because I was like, I'm literally on my couch at home with twins. Like, I, yeah. what, what else can I do? And so, but I was still putting out content. I was still sharing. I, I like never stopped talking about it. Um, so then... 2022 rolls around and one of the very first decisions I made was to invest in a coaching program where it was about time management. It was about prioritizing. It was about like trying to build a business while getting your life together on the back end. And that was like in January, February. And then those strategies helped me. And I ended up working with that coach the entire 2022 and migrating from going really hard in my network marketing business, also taking doula clients simultaneously. A lot of it was organic. I didn't even like market myself in that way. I was just putting out content. And they were coming to you. And they, they were, were coming to me. Yeah. How you could help them. And it wasn't like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a flood of people, but it was enough. I mean, I think I did like seven or eight that year, which, you know, when that was, it was not my intention. I was like, well, that was kind of a lot. Um, and so it wasn't until actually the end of last year, the end of 22 that I was like, all right, I'm going all in. Like I am going to be 2023 is going to be full-time doula. I'm going to book out my calendar. Like I love the other things I'm doing with my network marketing business and my other things, but I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And, um, so at the beginning of 2023, that was my decision, and I went all in. I was going to all the networking events. I was doing the the booths at the the mom and baby events. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing all of the things. And one of the clients that I had re- I had gotten a client in December of 2022, who was due in April, and she happened to have what she does is she's also a business coach and she helps women create what she calls their six figure offer and their six figure, like, you know, how do you take the business model that you have now and actually make it into a business model that will be scalable and work for your life? And so her and I started chatting and I was like, you know what? I need to go back to the beginning of Mm -hmm. when I started this thing and I need to do prenatal coaching. Like I need to, I keep saying I can't do this because it's going to mean I'm all, I'm 
online all the time, or excuse me, I'm on call all the time. Mm-hmm. I need to do this a different way. And I guess I even forgot. I also picked another, a, I had a continuing education doula program in December through March that was the same focus. How do you be a doula while not being on call all the time? So I was like, I was leaning into this idea that I could do this work while also creating it in a way that worked for my my lifestyle. And so at the beginning of 2023, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take on all these clients, but I'm also going to start building this in a way that allows me to not be on call all the time. So what other offerings do I need to do? How do I need to set this up? How do I need to gear this and started putting all the the bricks in place. And then when I found out I was pregnant this time, that was Memorial Day weekend. It was a total shock. Um, And then to find out it was twins again, I was like, okay, well, this was going to be like a six month to a year transition from in person to like completely online. And now I'm about to turn it into like we're going balls to the wall. <laughs> like, right. This is going online like tomorrow. Yeah. Um. So I stopped taking in-person clients and I just put all of my focus into the prenatal coaching side of it. And that's where I'm at with it now. Um, I'm sure I'll take in-person again in coming up, but I want it to be only the clients that I really, really want to take, not because I feel like I have to take them because financial, you know, like it's still a business, (laughs) still have to like make money. Um, And so, yeah, it was like a weird, windy, a lot of resistance, a lot of reasons why I said I couldn't do it, but it just, it just kept nagging at me. And, you know, all the while I worked a part-time job at a chiropractic office, I was teaching yoga pre-2020, I was, like, I still work catering events, like, I'm still doing all these, like, side gigs, side hustles, like, while I'm building this business, but it never, the, the itch just never left, like, it was just, like, this little voice that was, like, do it, do it, do it, like, you're supposed to do this. And so now I feel like I'm finally fully listening and embracing and like just, you know, your, uh, your intensity, your enthusiasm, your fortitude, your resilience, going through a pandemic, having twins, thinking your business is going to be a certain way, getting all those setbacks, still then sharing from your couch. Like (laughs) you are such a badass, my friend. (laughs) Like it's just like you are rapidly prototyping like your future as you have kids. Um, and I know people can go to your podcast and they can look at your resources to see more of your journey and, and how you've got to where you're at. Um, but I'm just curious, you know, you start, you basically just gave me the evolution of your business over the last three years. And if I go on your website, you've got some services. Can you tell me about what, what's different about each one and how you're, how you're supporting that? And you know, what, what, what do you think, what do you think the future is going to look like with that too? Yeah. So right now I have two serve, two offerings. One is a, my like signature program, which is my other baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even want to say the word sixth baby because I'm literally about to have five kids and it makes me kind of want to vomit. <laughs> but it's, um, 
it is my prenatal coaching program and it is 12 full months of support to take moms through the entire pregnancy journey and support them, continue to support them into postpartum to have that continuity of care so that they can feel so informed, so supported, and truly like they are in the driver's seat of their birth. Like they are, you know, I always say, I don't care what decisions you make as long as they feel like your decisions. I feel Mm. like so many moms get in that trap of, well, I'm doing it because that's what my doctor told me to do or that's what my sister did. That's what my best friend did. And it's like, but what do you want? And they're spiraling on Google. They're spiraling on TikTok. They're just like, there's so much information coming at them. They don't know what resources are good or bad. Are you like, trying to get them to key into their their instinct? 1,000%. As a mother? Yeah. I mean, self-trust is step three of my framework. And so that intuition piece we, we start all, I start all my clients with how do you want to feel? And we go through this in-depth list of journaling prompts. We sit for two hours and we talk about it. And we're just like, this is the foundation because we're not even going to talk about birth options until we know how you want to feel in your experience, because none of those options matter until we know how you want to feel, because then we can start to curate this experience via the options we're choosing because we know how you want to feel. And also, we when unexpected curveballs come up as they do in birth, we can make the pivots we need in the moment because we're always going back to how do you want to feel? What is your gut telling you? What yeah, like trusting that inner voice more than my my goal is for my clients to trust themselves more than anybody else in that room, including their doctor. Like you should trust yourself more than anyone else. Um, and sometimes self-trust looks like. I'm going to put this in the hands of the person that has the education, like sometimes that is what self-trust looks like. But you still have to trust yourself in doing that and not just do it because you think you're supposed to. Like those are two very different things. And I also one of the things that I teach my clients in this program is everything is an option and it is a hill I will die on. And I know a lot of people might have their versions of disagreeing with me of, well, my insurance won't let me go to that hospital. My doctor won't let me. I have this condition. So that's not an option for me. I have this ailment. That's not an option for me. And I'm like, what if you like flip that on its head and came at it from the perspective of, I am choosing to birth at this hospital because my insurance is going to pay for it. And I would rather birth here and get that birth paid for than pay for a different birth out of pocket because we're going to use that money for xyz thing and that's what our family needs to do right now and i am like i am actively choosing that like what if that was your thought instead of well i have to go there because my insurance is what's paying for it or what if instead of well my doctor won't let me do that or my like one good one is like okay my hospital won't let me have a water birth it's against their protocol okay so you're you're taking that power away from yourself. You're saying they won't let me. What if you flip that and said, I am choosing to give birth at this hospital and to give birth with this provider. I understand that it is their policy to not have a baby in the water. And I am actively choosing 
to get out of the tub because this is where I want to have my baby and this is who I want to support me in this birth versus, well, they just won't let me, you know? And I know that there's nuances to this, sure. but like if we're able to do that, we remain in control. We remain in the driver's seat. And that is that self-trust piece. You can't do that if you don't trust yourself. And an analogy that I like to use is, you know, it's not your fault that you don't trust your intuition in birth. Like it's not your fault because it's something that's new to you. It's not something our culture has ingrained in us to feel like we should trust ourselves in. We were, we're we've been ingrained to trust somebody else, put our hands, you know, our entire health, right? In the hands of other people. And the analogy that I like is like, you're walking alongside the pool and you have the skills to walk. You know how to walk. Your legs work. You trust that one foot in front of the other, there'll be solid ground underneath you. But you haven't learned how to swim yet. You've never learned how to swim. So you don't trust yourself to jump in the pool. Okay. That's valid. Of course you don't. You don't trust yourself to go into this birth and, and have that trust. You don't trust yourself to jump into the pool. But the only reason you don't trust yourself is because you just haven't learned the skills yet. Okay, so you hire a swim lessons coach, a.k.a. me, y'all. <laughs> you hire, you know, you, you get swimming lessons and you now learn the skills. You now know how to hold your breath. You now know how to float. You now know how to navigate the water. So now you're not scared to jump in the pool because now you do know how to swim. And your provider, a.k.a. the lifeguard, really should just be sitting there watching, making sure everything's okay. They're not like in the pool with you, like moving your arms for you, kicking your legs for you. But that's, that's, that is what happens in our current, you know, system, the way it's set up. So that was a very long tangent for my service, but that's my signature offer. And one of the gaps that I noticed too, was the clients I was having the, my birth clients were like, we loved working with you. Everything was amazing, but we wish that there was more support postpartum. Mm. And that was just at the time, not something that I dove a lot into. Well, you were so, birth focused, right? Yeah. It's getting the into prenatal the, thing. Which we know is not the finish line when for you have sure, a kid. That's where sure. it all begins, right? <laughs> exactly. Birthday is one day and then you got to be a parent Ooh. for the rest of it. Um, and so I really wanted to make this program 12 months long because I wanted to take people through at least the, you know, if you hire me the second you pee on a stick, you're at least getting me <laughs> two to three months into your postpartum, right? But if most right. people hire me around, you know, they're probably ending their first trimester, starting their second, sometimes even they're late into their second trimester before they're really like, ooh, I need the support. So you're getting me for like six to nine months, right? Into your postpartum period. So when you have that transition back to work, when you have those doubts, when you have that postpartum rage against your husband because He's doing the dishes and being amazing, but you're pissed because he just gets to leave and go to work and live his life like normal and your body's a wreck and you're like, you're like, this rage is not like, why am I feeling this? But you not something Stephanie went through at all with me. (laughs) It's like we think we're crazy for thinking these things, but to just have someone on the other Uh. end to validate it and be like, hey, that's totally normal. Let's feel it. Let's vent about it. Let's be in the thick of it for a second and then let's find ways that we can move out of it. And 
to have that continuity of care too. So like, this is also the person that you've been with through your prenatal care. They know your story. They know the ins and outs. And now they're with you again, postpartum. So that's my signature core offer my program. And then I also have a mom membership. So this is just a very low ticket. Um, come in, get community. Let's basically not stay stuck. Let's not, you know, maybe you're a mompreneur that's navigating new mom life. Maybe you're, you know, a stay at home mom who had to leave a career, but you're feeling like you're just not fully fulfilled. And, um, so that that offer is going to get some tweaking over the next few months, but that is a very low ticket accessible way to get more high touch um, access to me outside the podcast, outside of Instagram, outside of I have a private Facebook group, which, of course, you can come in and ask me any questions you want and I'll answer. And I'm always in my DMs on Instagram. But this sure. is just like one next level up of like we have weekly calls. We we talk about topics. How big is your topics. community now? Would you estimate my how many moms are Facebook community? The sure. the yeah. well, the, so on Facebook, I mean, we're still like 150. Um and so, and the, the mom, the mom membership, I literally just launched like a couple months ago. So it's still very, very small. It's me and one other mom at the moment. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm having many, many conversations with moms on the back end of, I think, I think this would be a good fit for you. Like, um, so it's just kind of getting moms to the place of being able to prioritize themselves and sometimes feeling like, oh yeah, I can invest X amount of dollars a month to actually not stay stuck and not feel like crap and not, and like that actually is worth it. But even talking with Stephanie, it's like that self-care piece. It's, it's hard even with, with therapy, right? Like to invest in yourself, to be like, this money is worth taking out of the family pot to put into me. And me alone, which obviously in turn has all of the ripple effects into how you can serve your family and your kids and how you can show up. Absolutely. But we have that guilt of, oh, I'll be fine. I don't really need it. (laughs) I don't need the therapy. I don't need the community. I don't need the group. I don't need the, you know. We have a long (laughs) way to go. Um, When I say we, I mean like just generally we, maybe, maybe more so in America, just with this concept of like, you know, investing in ourselves and uh, what return on interest is like that ROI thing. I mean, you you know this, like you're a coach, right? You have these conversations with people that are hesitant. Well, that's such and such a month. And let's like, what do I get? It's like, well, for a, a birth coach, like you're everything that I've been hearing you say is like, I'll bet your clients, they don't come out of the birth experience with level upon level of trauma that's going to show up in all kinds of different ways later on in their life. They're not their amount of regret because they're they're working and trusting themselves and you're setting the stage by that. They're not going to come out with as much regret and resentment and all these things that have these like serious uh, side effects on our overall health, right? Um, let alone our mental health. But we have a, we have a long way to go with, um, you know, spending money on things that matter, you know? Um, I think a lot of people will will medicate during processes, <laughs> right? That are tough mm-hmm. mentally in life. And they find you're going to spend their money on other things, maybe. 
Yeah. Um, but they, you know, we all try to find a way to cope with the things we go through. I just. Well, and with, with personal development of any kind, and, you know, you could consider birth coaching a form of that. Cause I truly do think that it is the way you feel in your birth that then trickles into how you're able to parent, how you're able to show up. Like there will be less postpartum mood disorders <laughs> if women feel seen, heard, validated, empowered, autonomous, like in their birth process. Like I truly, truly believe that. But a lot of times that ROI you don't see until it's like retrospective. Like you, right? and anybody that's not, a business coach, if you're not helping people make money or save time, it's really hard to quantify or to take make tangible an ROI. Like how can I make tangible you how how different you're gonna feel as a mom if you don't have trauma <laughs> or if you're not, you know, if you know how to advocate for yourself and you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to have trauma. It doesn't mean that you're not going to face something. I can't I can't save everybody from from birth. I can't save everyone from a provider doing something crappy. But what I can do is make you feel like you you had the skills to know how to say something. You had the skills to pivot. You had the self-trust to be like, why are we doing that? Actually, I'm going to decline that. Actually, I'm going to fire you and go to a different doctor. Like you felt in control of your choices. Um, but it is hard. Like right. that ROI isn't, doesn't look the same. <laughs> right. As like, you're going to make $10,000 in six months, you know? Um, so it, it, I find that that is a challenge as a business owner who's right. not producing like such a quantifiable ROI for sure. Um, you know, on that subject, you know, I, I know you've got experience networking with other business owners. I mean, you, you mentioned you were part of a group and you found a coach that partnered with you for what, nine months, 10 months, mm -hmm. was it? Um, you know, you're paving your own way out there. Like you're doing things other people aren't doing. Um, who do you network with in Kansas City or, you know, even on a national level? Like who, where's your iron sharpening iron effect coming from? Like people <laughs> that can help you understand, you know, you're not crazy for thinking things from the business angle and like, you know, trying to, trying to uh, help others and be helped, I guess, in that sense with networking. Um, well, I'm a podcast junkie. That's where I got my start in nice. any kind of personal development. Actually, when... I became pregnant. I was like Googling, how do I listen to a podcast? I need all this information. I don't even know how. That's awesome. And I was behind the times because I'm pretty sure podcasts were old news by 2017. I think they kind of started around 2005 <laughs> or six. And yeah, it, it they were on only one platform. This is so funny. We're going, I'm going to be Googling all this stuff when the interview is over. Yeah. I didn't even know how to listen to one. Um, but I, dove down the rabbit hole. So I, my first mentors were people that I didn't know. I was reading their, listening to their audiobooks while at home with my kid and while I was cooking dinner. And I, I mean, literally to the point where like, if I'm in the shower, I'm listening to podcasts. If I'm driving, I'm listening to podcasts or an audiobook, like all the time. And like, instead of kids songs in the background, my kids probably like, <laughs> Like knows all of these like health and wellness and personal development. My girls have had to listen to the same thing. Me and Steph, we do that. Yeah, they got to hear it. It's hard to not. Um, but then so awesome. from there, 
I, I, I kind of found like, so through social media, I found some groups here in Kansas City, I ended up joining a mastermind at the it was a it was a very small little um, like her first cohort, I think. What is of. a mastermind? Can you so, tell, tell us what that that is? Yeah, yeah, it's just a group of usually it's business owners, I guess I would say, that are all kind of at the same level in business that are coming together to kind of coach each other and also like receive, but give. So like, here's my area of expertise. Here's something I'm good at, but then I'm going to ask you questions. So it's like, and it's like a brainstorming session with people who are doing what you're doing. So when you can't, you know, it is, it's finding those people, like you said, that like get it. Cause people that aren't in it, people that aren't starting businesses, they're kind of like, you're nuts. (laughs) Why aren't you just why aren't you just going and getting a job? <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Um, and then Instagram, honestly, like I have made some really good connections joining. A, th- there's some different Facebook groups. Um, and through Instagram, I have found every single one of the mentors that I have paid money to, as well as the mentors that I have consumed their free content like um and so I think when you show up authentically in the online space like you're attracting those other people that are and then when you make those genuine connections like yeah there's weirdos out there too sure (laughs) but it's just I mean I didn't this this coach that I worked with like all through 2022 I didn't meet her in person until the beginning of May of this year when she hosted a retreat, but I felt like I knew her. I mean, we were on Zoom calls. We were in Voxer chats. We were like, I felt like I knew her. Right. And and then obviously like the networking group that I met Stephanie in, you know, there's some really great networking groups here in Kansas. The one we're a part of is Well Women KC and it's for business owners and providers in like the more wellness holistic space in Kansas city. And there's a few different chapters, but a friend of mine is one of the co-founders of it. And I remember we were sitting, we had literally just done, like, I think we had just drank some wine, like back at my other friends, um, gosh, her, her boutique. And it was, the wine that I market in my network marketing business. So it's completely clean and like we felt good about it. But then we we're like, oh, we took a yoga class and then we're like, let's go across the street to the peanut. And we're literally sitting at the <laughs> peanut. Park. Yeah. N- not eating healthy food at all. And we're just talking about health and we're talking about all this stuff. And my this friend of mine was talking about this idea she had to do this networking group. And then she did it. And now it's like popping off in all these different areas of the country. And I just am so proud of her. I'm so glad she did it because every single time I show up to that group, it's the women that get it because not only are they business owners, but they're also in the navigating healthcare stuff that's just weird right now. And maybe it always has been, but feels even weirder now. There's more awareness now, I think. Yeah. And when you're budding the system, when I'm when I'm saying things about maternal health that are not what 
powers that be want you to say or not what the majority of people are doing or thinking or saying like I think it can be really scary so then sometimes just being in those groups finding those people that get it makes the world of difference and I found a couple other just random ones here in Kansas City networking groups that I find them through social media and then I just say all right I'm gonna show up at this thing (laughs) and you you made so many good points in what you were sharing just now and I think you know it's part of why KCBC can apply to people listening everywhere because these groups that we have in this Mm -hmm. city and I will say like right now actually literally as of the recording of this it is global entrepreneur week Mm. okay which I guess is a global thing but here in Kansas City um, I think it's Casey Source Link. They posted all the classes. And uh, Stephanie, she actually signed up for a couple, but I was so I don't impressed. even know what this is. I feel oh like gosh. I need to know about hey, it. <laughs> I will send you links. And since we we talked about it here in the podcast, I'll drop it in the notes. But, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, women that are doing classes. And it's like, you know... I, I I know I saw a couple that were like for mompreneurs, you know, like, hey, mm. you're a mom and you want to start your business. Here's how. And there's classes. And I'm looking at the signups because you can see who signed up. Some of these classes have like 185 people on the list and they're virtual. And I think a lot of them are running out at uh, PlexPod in Westwood um, this week. And by the time this airs, you know, it'll be over, but everybody can learn for next year. But the fact that there are groups now with social media and just what you said about being authentic and because you are doing that and you're being bold and going forward, you're finding your people in your tribe as well. You know, those people are finding you and with the groups too, like I know what Stephanie loves about uh, the group you guys are in. What's that group called again? Well Women KC. Well Women KC. So you, you have, uh, you have chiropractors, you have physicians, you have therapists of all types, uh, speech therapists, uh, physical therapists. And so you find people that are doing um, things in the space you're in. And mm-hmm. so it's it's just, again, um, I, I just, I feel personally holistic, you know, approach to medicine and all that. I've found a lot of value in that in my own life too, in different ways. Um, so we talked about networking. Um, you know, what what do you do that no one else is doing right now? What makes you unique and what's your your competitive advantage, I guess, that you offer to moms? Well, it's scary. It's scary to do something no one else is doing. But I mean, my offer in general, like me taking this extremely personal moment that most people only think about in like a either I'm going to take an online course, like a birth class, like a birth course Or I'm going to have an in-person doula and me saying, guess what? I'm going to do it a whole different way. And we're going to take all of the value of this in-person support and this back pocket, quick access, like expert, but also best friend, but also (laughs) like validate and also like and basically say, this is what I'm offering. And it's. I don't know anyone else that's doing it, which is really actually kind of scary because I'm like, am I insane? Is this a thing? Um, But I think the way, and I'm not saying that no one else is doing this because I'm sure other people are, but just the way that I 
present and convey information to my clients is like this. I, 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 I talk like a sailor. I <laughs> tried. I don't think I dropped any F-bombs on this one. <laughs> so I tried not to. It's okay. But That's like, what the explicit button's for. We got this. I That's mean, okay. my mom membership is called Moms That Say F because <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know you're part of this if this is what you do. But right. Um, I'm just very, very real with my clients. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm not, I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to be honest with you, but not in a way that scares you. And I'm going to also come at it from this very empathetic, very compassionate, like that sucks. Let's feel it, but let's not sit there. Or like this, like semi tough love, like your doctor said that you're telling me like your doctor said X, you're telling me you want Y. I'm going to tell you this is a red flag. This is not in alignment. And that might make you not like me. That might make you, you know, have to make a hard decision. But instead of, you know, being like, oh, okay, that's fine. (laughs) Like, I'm going to tell you how it is. But also from this place of like, here's this hard truth. And also, I totally understand that it's hard and it's valid that it's hard. And now let's now let's process the emotions that come with learning this hard truth. So I'm sure that there's other, you know, prenatal doulas or prenatal coaches or professionals that are doing it in that way. But that's just something that like I'm going to say the stuff that maybe other people aren't willing to say, like everything is an option because I truly believe that, or I'm going to say something like, no, you actually can control your birth because I know a lot of people will say like, well, you have, you can't control what happens. Why write a plan? You know, birth never go to plan, let go of control. And though there is a time and a place for that narrative, most moms are not there yet. (laughs) And so I'm, I'm willing to say the things that might piss people off. You know, I mean, you make, you make a good point though about um being part of their the the person's circle of trusted advisors, right? Like you're they're hiring you to be that trusted advisor. And you know, I know when uh Stephanie and I we've gone through our pregnancy journeys, you know, and obviously I'm I'm her husband and I've had to watch a lot of these things happen and I have to figure out how to support, but you know, I think a lot of us lose sight that back in the day it was people have been being born since the dawn of time, since the dawn of man, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, and we didn't have a lot of this stuff. So you're getting down to what they want, trusting Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But well, and I don't know if this is what you're getting at exactly, but help me. (laughs) Birth is physiological, right? It's yes. It's something that's been happening forever and ever and ever. And even just bringing birth into the hospital or medicalizing birth is new. I mean, this all, I mean, if you look at the history of midwives and birth, I mean, we're talking like the witch hunts. Like these were the women, the midwives were the ones that were burned as witches. Like these, these are the things that actually happened in our history. And it's why things are kind of the way they are now. Um, and you know, you can start me on a tangent talking about like, it really all comes down to money, (laughs) money as most things do, but our healthcare system is a business and it's, it's designed to make money. Um, and that's really, really unfortunate, but I'm currently reading a book and she's talking about how we were taught 
how to birth in our current like day and age. And we don't need to be taught. Like you don't need to be taught how to build your baby. Like you're pregnant. You're not thinking I'm going to build a leg today. I'm going to build some liver cells today. Like I'm going to kick the heart rate up a few BPMs. Yeah. You don't need to be taught that, but we, today the lungs will, will start forming. (laughs) (laughs) It just happens, right? It just happens. And so birth can be the same way. Birth will just happen. There are women in comas that literally just have babies because their body is doing it. We don't need anything else. We don't, you don't need me. Like you don't need a doula. You don't need anyone else outside yourself to birth your baby. You don't. But we also have the reality of this is the system in which we are in. This is the you know, we are living in common day and age where the fear is there. It's been instilled in you. It's been instilled in you through your mom and your grandma and the media and your best friend and So you have to work through it. You have to work with what you've got. I always say like advocacy, teaching advocacy skills and teaching women how to advocate for themselves because I don't want to advocate for you. I don't even want to empower you. I want to remind you that you can empower yourself. I want to to teach you to advocate for yourself. But even all of that, none of that should be necessary. That is such a big piece of my job. None of that should be necessary, like telling you that you you have the power. No, empower, advocacy. Sorry. Advocacy. So, yeah, no, go like, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, clarify. I, the fact that advocacy is such a big piece of my job, but yet birth shouldn't need an advocate. I hear you. I'm picking <laughs> like, up what you're putting down. Yep. And it is something that like we've been doing forever and it's... I, I talk a lot with my clients about the physiology of things and the hormonal, the, you know, the hormones and how nature intended it. Now, does that mean that I'm not going to support a mom that wants to bring in medical intervention? Absolutely not. But as long as she knows what those things mean, as long as she is choosing them as her choices and not just like, oh, well, this is what everybody does here. This is just, I thought that's just what you do. <laughs> no. We're not doing right. that. We're not doing it that way. And if you want to do it that way, don't hire me, please. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know. You didn't really ask questions. I didn't really answer a question, but like it is. This is a it's, conversation. It is this yeah. just like this balance between this is how it has been forever and should be. And this is how like nature intended it, but also this is the reality in which we live. This is our current circumstance. This is our, and really being able to meet women where they're at. And that's in motherhood too. You know, you take something like breastfeeding, right? You've got people on one side that are going to say like breastfeeding is the only way, all of this. And then you've got people on the other side that are like, well, fed is best. And as long as your baby's fed, it's fine. I don't really agree with either. Um, her situation is her situation. Yes, ideally, maybe breastfeeding is the best thing in the world, but she has to go back to work at six weeks and make an income for her family because we live in an economy where two incomes are necessary and otherwise they're literally not going to be able to pay their mortgage. Right. So maybe that's not an option for her in that. Like, 
full capacity that it, nature was intended, you know? So right. like we have to mesh these two worlds of, and, and meeting people where they are and not shaming people for their decisions, but just being like, that works for you. This works for me. We can both be right. Right. <laughs> why, can't, why can't we both just be right? <laughs> why do you have to be wrong in order for me to be right? Um, Absolutely. And so I see that. I see that in birth a lot. As a mother, you mentioned motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got kids, you got your husband, you got your family dynamics. How do you balance, I guess, your business? And because I know you work from home a lot too. And I know from personal experience, it's the lines bleed and all that. But how do you, um, how you prioritize your business and your family and, and those sorts of aspects? It's looked very different in different seasons. Um, I feel like this year is the first year that I've actually gotten a handle of it, to be honest. <laughs> and there are still days that I have those cries in the shower <laughs> or like, I'm like, I just need to go lay in a dark room and cry for 20 minutes and then I'll be okay to like face the world again. But for me, and this is very personal to, I think, each individual situation, it's realized and admitted, A, that my business fulfills me and my, makes me a better mom. I think we can easily get trapped in the mom guilt. I think we can easily get trapped in, I mean, I'll say it now, and I've said it on my platform, is like I envy to a point. I mean, I love who I am and I, I love, like I've accepted it. But there have been times for sure where I envy the mom that enjoys being like a full-time stay-at-home mom and homeschooling her kids. Like I wish that that stuff fulfilled me, but it just doesn't. (laughs) It just doesn't. Like I love taking my kids to trampoline park and like going and doing the fun things, but like sitting down and playing Play-Doh or doing a craft with my kids makes me want to die. Like it's just not for me. And I have realized because we've had seasons, whether it be financial or be just because the babies were younger, that type of thing, like where I've I've leaned into like, okay, I'm working more. And then I've leaned into more, okay, I'm at home more and we're not paying babysitters. And the the seasons where we save the money on babysitters (laughs) or nannies or daycare or whatever, and I don't get to work on my business. I die inside. Like I just do. I, I'm, I'm showing. I'm not showing up as the best version of myself. I'm not showing up. They're getting the empty shell version of me because I'm not getting to do the thing that fulfills me. And my kids shouldn't have to fill every single bucket that I have. For some moms, their kids do fill those bu- different buckets. For me, my kids are in one bucket. And I want to fill that with them. But then my business is in another bucket and my kids will never fill it. Like they just will never fill that bucket. And I can't expect them to. That's not fair to them. Like to expect them to fill this void that is over here. That is something that's going to be filled by something totally different. Um, So first it was like accepting that. And then for us, it has been in-home childcare. So... We currently have a babysitter that comes to our house Monday mornings. She stays through my meetings. 
and I have Tuesdays are my day with the kids. Sometimes my mom helps me on Tuesdays. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, my sister-in-law comes over and watches the kids. My oldest is in school. Um, I would love the opportunity to homeschool at some point or have some sort of alternative school situation. Right now is just not the season for that. And he loves it. He's thriving. So we're like, okay, he's in kindergarten. We're just going to go with it for this year. Sure. Um, and allowing it to change. So knowing that, okay, in this upcoming season, I'm about to have twins again. What does this look like? I'm acknowledging my needs. I know I'm going to need more sleep, but I also know I am fulfilled by my business. And it's not about this like, oh, I have to hustle back. It's more like, no, I know that being in the monotonous newborn phase is going to kill my spirit. I need to find time to like, okay, when can my mom come over? When can somebody come over so that I can like go take two hours to write an email to my email list about it, about the topic that like fills my cup. Like, you know, even if that's about my kids, like, right. That's also part of why I think I've built a platform and a business around the life that I'm living. You know, I feel like most of us do that. We build businesses around where we have already been and seasons that we've been in because it's what we can speak to and it's what we're currently living. Like, it makes so, it's so much easier sense to do that. when you so. say it like that. <laughs> but you make a lot of sense, a lot of sense with how you approach this, everything. With but I business. also I don't want it to I don't also want to convey that it's easy. I mean, my husband and I, we bicker about the house tasks and figuring out like I well, I've been working all day too. Or, you know, even last week, like right now, he's the breadwinner. My business is more sporadic. I I get client. Like some months are great, and other months it's like, okay, I haven't gotten a client in a few months. Like this is crickets. That's kind of entrepreneurship, especially right. in the building phase. And my son was home from school, or or no, the babysitter called in sick. That's what it was, and it was just the. Well, I'm the default. Like he has to go to work because he brings home the consistent paycheck, and I felt mad at him for not even asking me like hey what do you need today and he's like but taylor i how what would i have asked you it's not like i can drop what i'm doing like i have to go to work today otherwise we lose the house like your paycheck yeah it helps with groceries and the kids but like i pay the mortgage (laughs) like we have to i have to go to work so it's like those things still come up it's not rainbows and butterflies it's not you know oh, well, we've got this perfect little system and it works great all the time. Like, that's not the case either. So I think you have to just be willing to, your your reason also has to be strong enough. Right. Because I we talk about, you know, you've heard the term, the phrase like choose your hard. And being a business owner is not the easy way to go. <laughs> Like if I had a nine to five and I just took my kids to daycare, like on paper, that would probably be a lot easier um, when you think about like the stable paychecks and just the ease of your consistent schedule and I things like that. I believe it's a 90% failure rate. I actually was in a, <laughs> a leadership summit the other day and- Entrepreneurship it, is? Yeah, or, yeah, oh. yeah. It's like 85 to 90% of, of entrepreneurs fail. And I think that yeah. the statistic is like in the first three years, 
you know, and, and again, even that it's like, what is failure? Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, have you decided, have you, uh, defined what success looks like for your business and for your family and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. So, um, yeah, great conversation today. Is there anything that we didn't talk about, uh, that you wanted to make mention before we sign off? So, I mean, I feel like I could talk about birth and business and entrepreneurship for hours and hours and hours, but like, no, I think we covered a lot. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to have a part two sometime. (laughs) Um, Really enjoyed having you here today, Taylor. Thanks for listening to KCBC. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, share all of the things. Thank you guys so much.